Greetings, lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we're sharing some interesting topics with each other. You know the drill. Hopefully, you're finding it interesting, too. I am a mere half of your hosts, Isela. Joining me, as always, the fun injector, Jose. How's it going, everybody? How was your weekend? Good. How was yours? It was lovely. I um, got to go out of town and visit some friends in Austin. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was lovely. I edited the podcast. You're... You deserve all the in and outs or whatever. And and I'm referring to the burgers. <laughs> I don't know if my stomach can take that because I know I've definitely gained the COVID-20 during the COVID-19. So <laughs> Don't worry. I feel like everybody has. So don't, don't you worry about it. So this week, we're going to be kicking around the knowledge soccer ball, if you will. <laughs> All about dreams. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're going to talk about does everyone dream? Where do scientists believe dreams come from? We're also going to discuss some really good works of art that have been inspired from dreams. We're also going to talk about one, one of my favorite things that I had learned was this invention, so to speak, that you can record your dreams and then watch them later. Nice. Isn't that interesting? That's really cool. You ready to jump in? Let's do it. Yay. And let's start off with a question. Give me your guess on what percentage of people you think do not dream. I am definitely one of the people that don't remember their dreams. But from what I understand, everybody dreams. It's just that people don't remember it. <gasps> Look at the smartness over here. Yes. <laughs> Not just another pretty face. <laughs> That's right. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gents. So in a questionnaire, Discover Magazine had explained that up to 6.5% of people reported that they never dream. And that was like quotes. But a new paper was asking the question, which is exactly what you said. Is it possible that these quote-unquote non-dreamers simply don't remember their dream? So they took in a bunch of these patients that said that they don't dream. They specifically took people with REM behavior disorder, which is a rapid eye movement behavior disorder. This REM behavior disorder, I'm going to refer to it as RBD. It's OBD's brother. It is. Oh, <laughs> ODB's brother. That's his crazy, that's his dyslexic cousin right there. <laughs> so they took all these people that said that they don't dream. And they put them in sleep clinics and the whole nine and recorded them. And according to the Journal of Sleep Research, everyone dreams. Everybody. So you are absolutely correct. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. I should cite the paper in the journal. It's called Evidence That Non-Dreamers Dream, in case anybody wants to look it up. It was pretty interesting. So next question is, if everyone dreams... What has the research really shown us thus far? I don't know if you watch Netflix, but there's a show called Explained, and they have like all kinds of different topics. The one that I took this next tidbit of information was The Mind Explained, and they were talking about specifically dreams in this like really short 20-minute episode, in case anybody's interested. There were some worldwide patterns that were popping up, and Here's your great guessing skills. We're going to put them to the test again. What do you think some of the most common, they list three most common dreams that happen pretty much universally. 
falling. That's one of the few dreams that I remember. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one. Ding, ding, ding. That's a good question. I, I'm not sure. Um, I know some of the popular ones that I've heard are like when your teeth fall out. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's another one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a very common one. Maybe that you're being chased. Oh, my God. I swear. Have you been watching this show, too? No, no. Awesome. Actually, I was going to ask you what Netflix was. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Oh, <laughs> especially during COVID, everybody got to know Netflix intimately. <laughs> yeah, so that's really excellent guesses. The first one was being chased. Second one was falling. Third most common dream is having sex. One in five people do dream that their teeth fall out. So yeah, that was those are all really good ones. I usually dream that my teeth fall out while I'm having sex. Oh my God. That would be <laughs> really awful after you've been chasing the girl <laughs> and then you fell in love. <laughs> all the things coming together. <laughs> so another interesting tidbit was men are more likely to dream of other men, 67% more likely, which is a pretty high percentage, I thought, whereas women dream of both women and men somewhat equally. I see the wheels turning on your... What? I can't say that I remember who is in my dreams, but the few times that I do remember, it's usually family members. Oh, that's interesting. Probably because I would think you spend more time with them is kind of what I would venture to guess. Yeah, especially right now during COVID time. I mean, aside from you, like, the only people that I really see are family. Right. And then I had that one dream about you that I told you. We're like in a massive grocery store. It was really <laughs> strange. Anyway, very similar to those lines on that show, they were explaining away the same thing. Like perhaps men would dream of other men because that's really who is in the primary office spaces. So they really work with more men possibly. So I'm not, I'm not really sure, but that was the thing there. Let me backtrack a little bit because you can't just say that you had a dream that we were in a, in a grocery store and not tell me what the dream is about. You know what? I wish I remembered. All I remembered was, and I'm telling you, it comes to me in like the weirdest times. It comes to me in like a feeling like once I can remember how I felt in my dream, then like all these weird images come flooding back. And of course, like, you know, they never make sense, right? But you and I were in a grocery store. Think about like a Whole Foods. It was like really big and it was really like fancy. I remember we were laughing at some of the products, but I don't remember us even buying anything. Like, I don't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> we were just going to clown on products, I guess. Yeah, I've never been to Whole Foods, so I don't think that was me. I'm pretty sure you were dreaming about somebody else. No, or maybe I just wanted to bring you into that Whole Foods world. <laughs> I'm like, come, follow me. <laughs> this is a pretty cool place. <laughs> Yeah, I usually only shop where they have processed foods, so yeah. it doesn't sound like me. <laughs> they do have processed foods, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Should take a little field trip. See, I'm going to bring you into, and then it's going to be deja vu. <laughs> oh, deja vu for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so our dreams do seem to have a correlation with what takes place during the day, and a Harvard professor of psychiatry, Dr. Stickgold, recruited several students to play Tetris. Three to four hours a day. And sure as heck, these kids were reporting seeing Tetris or Tetris-like shapes in their dreams. So there you go. Proven that what we see throughout our day somehow will make itself into our dreams. In this same study, he also included some other people in the same type of test, but 
specifically with people that have memory disorders. When they would wake them up and ask like right away what they were dreaming about, they also reported Tetris-like shapes. But the weird thing is, is they probably, is what I'm assuming, had like some type of short-term memory disorder because they don't remember playing the game. Oh, wow. I know, really weird, right? That was some pretty interesting information on um, Mr. Stickholds and his tests there, or experiments, I should say. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, I would definitely play a lot of Tetris. And I would remember like that I would close my eyes and I could still see the shapes, almost like it was burned into my retinas or something. Oh my God, that is so cool. Do you remember also like the colors, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't some of them be like purple and then some of them were like green and stuff like that? I don't think that I ever paid attention to that. You know, I would close my eyes and I would see all black and then I could see the outlines of the shape. I can't say that I remember dreaming about them, but, and again, I don't remember most of my dreams, if any, so. Uh, well. It's not saying much. Well, I, yeah. We had to get gold stick to wake me up in the, in the <laughs> middle of my dreams. <laughs> yeah, that would be, but that would be annoying. You'd be like, let me sleep, leave me alone. <laughs> Especially since I'm an insomniac too, so that would get me especially grumpy. That is very true. Oh man, we wouldn't want you in any of those experiments. <laughs> <laughs> so kicking around this knowledge ball some more from the Scientific American This was taken from the science behind dreaming, neurologist and founder of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud, and Swiss psychologist Carl Jung had a more modern theory saying that perhaps these dreams were really just repressed longings, uh, some kind of unresolved wish, or maybe a repressed wish. Although, I don't know how you feel about Sigmund Freud. I don't think he was like 100% on the money on a lot of things. Yeah, no, he's not. A lot of the theories that he came up with, they've been kind of proven not to be right on the ball. But I think that he's still given credit because he was one of the first people to start asking questions and start trying to do experiments to find out. You know, again, you know, some of his methodology was not the best, but just being the grandfather of psychology, you know, he kind of did the best that he could. Right. I do know that he is kind of coined to be the inventor of talk therapy, which honestly, like, I think that's fantastic. What a better way to get things out and off your chest than by talking through them. Like, and how weird that that's even a concept. Salons have been doing it forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, so moving on. Another prominent neurobiological theory is saying that dreams really don't actually mean anything. It's really just like a product of our wacky electrical brains firing off and um, it's pulling from our recent memory. So it's really just like a nonsensical story that's trying to be sewn together just to kind of make sense of what took place throughout the day. I think there's some validity to that. I've woken up several times like, what in the heck did I just dream? Personally, I kind of subscribe to that theory, that it's just your mind trying to make sense of what happened that day or or what you were exposed to that day. I agree with that. But I think when things are really like weighing on your mind heavily... You could end up with some very telling dreams that really reveal things that you're guarding or fearing. Like one of the things that I remember when my little sister, or I call her my little sister, right? She really kind of is. When she was about five years old, we were doing a lot of swimming. And I remember having a really awful dream that someone was trying to kidnap her. 
And I was like, obviously not having it. I think that was really me thinking about, could this really be a feasible thing that happens? And then under my watch, it was a lot of things. But I think that was like a real fear that it was exposing. I mean, you're probably right. There's really not any clear um, definition about that. At this point, it's just ideas and theories that people have. There's not anything definitive. Yes. And that is a perfect segue to my next section, because it's much to my dismay that science really has not figured out why we dream. But what we do know is that when we dream, it's usually going on during that rapid eye movement, the REM sleep. And that's not to say that we don't dream in other stages, because we do. The one that I can kind of remember very often is as you're starting to fall asleep. That's usually when you have those dreams where you like kick and you're falling or something. You know, you like wake yourself up like that. You do this like a Macarena move or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on in this REM stage was pretty interesting. They said that the brain waves really, really slow down for our frontal lobe. And remember, the frontal lobe is the part that's responsible for reasoning and judgment. And conversely, our hippocampus and our amygdala are just as active as when we're awake. In fact, this other podcast that I was listening to with Andrew Huberman, his guest was Matt Walker. And Matt Walker was saying that it is virtually indistinguishable just by looking at the waves to know whether you're awake or in a sleep state. Like that's how active it is. The hippocampus and the amygdala are the areas that control our emotion. And now that totally makes sense to me because when we wake up, we feel like our dreams are so profound and like really amazing. And then it's funny because like when we share it with people and we want to share it with everybody because it like hit us so hard in the emotions, right? And then like we start saying it and we're like, oh man, it really wasn't as great as I thought it was, you know? (laughs) And again, it also makes sense that the frontal lobe, those waves are slowed down a lot because our dreams don't end up making any sense. So when we would normally be questioning like, hey, why are we doing this? We're just like going on with it in our dreams. We never questioned it. You know what I mean? I don't know if you know the comedian Mitch Hedberg. Mm -mm. I don't know Michael Walker or... Matthew Walker? Or Matthew Walker, yeah, I'm not sure who that is either. I think he's a professor at, I want to say UC Berkeley. And he wrote a book called Why We Sleep. It's really fascinating. But the Mitch Hedberg joke that I was thinking of, going back to like the whole, like, how come we don't question things? (laughs) He has a joke that says, I hate dreaming because I just want to sleep. And then I'm finally fast asleep. And the next thing you know, I have to build a go-kart with my (laughs) (laughs) ex-landlord. And it's so true. We don't question it. We're just like, okay, I guess that's what we got to do. So we've established who dreams, some theories on why we dream. I think this is a good time so that we take a quick commercial break. And then when we return, we can talk about that invention that I was telling you about of watching your dreams back. I definitely want to hear about that. And coincidentally enough, that sounds like something that would be invented by our sponsor. The Science and Technology Advanced Research Laboratories is the largest international chain of non-governmental laboratories in the world, and we are now hiring. We're seeking the best and brightest scientists and researchers at three of our most prestigious locations. If you have a background in biomechatronics, hypergenics, xenoscience, or nanotechnology, send your resumes to our Metropolis branch. Attention Dr. Silas Stone and Dr. Ryan Choi. If dark matter and metahuman biology are more your thing, look no further than our central city location, led by Dr. Harrison Wells, Dr. Caitlin Snow, and Francisco Ramon. For those more interested in weaponry and defense, our Chicago branch, headed up by Theodore Cord, 
is interested in you. Star Labs are leading the world in exciting new technological discoveries that are bringing us tomorrow's world today. Come, be part of it. We offer full medical and dental insurance. And we're back. <laughs> How was your break? Good. I'm trying to build a machine to record my dreams. <laughs> Here is this next section just for you, Ben. <laughs> nice. You and you and you and you and you. Everybody else. <laughs> So even before we get into that, I guess I kind of want to know how you feel about that. Because now it's going from like a dream being kind of an intimate thing. Or would you be like totally for it? Like I would totally want to see like a video of it. I totally would want to see a video of it. What about you? I think I would, especially just like on a, like a regular time and not when like anything's really like particularly ailing me. I would want to screen them first in case I am having a sex dream. I wouldn't want anybody else to see my uh, fantasies and perversions. (laughs) (laughs) I think we as an audience would also want you to screen that out. (laughs) We're like, whoa, we're not ready for this. (laughs) I'll put them up on YouTube so that everybody can watch them. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, no, I might have to open up an oldie fans. Oh, oh, there you go. Fans only or only fans, whatever it's called. Um, So the way this was accomplished was with a magnetic resonance imaging, which is MRI, right? That's what we know it as. So these MRI machines, what they would do is have people go into the MRIs while they were looking at certain objects. And they were looking at a lot of objects. Keys, books, airplanes, beds, different types of food, you name it. They tried to get as big of a database of their brain waves so that they could later match those waves as they're looking through all the different objects and match it to the waves that were actually being recorded when they were asleep in the MRI. It's almost like this brilliant legend to a map. Like a Rosetta Stone. Like a Rosetta Exactly. That is exactly it. The recreation videos matched with about 60% accuracy, which, let's face it, I know it's not like super fantastic, but it's still more accurate than guessing. So I thought that was pretty cool. It is. I I would definitely want to see that. I agree. Me too. In this last part of the podcast, I thought it would be pretty interesting to talk about some of the famous works that have been inspired by dreams. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, definitely. This section is brought to you by HuffPost's The Famous Ideas from Dreams. I'm going to let you guess this one. There's a movie that was inspired by a dream from Christopher Nolan. I know you love him. Which movie do you think it was? Inception for $100. That would be $100 Monopoly money. Great job. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yes. And for everybody out there who has not seen this movie, <gasps> I'm not going to say shame on you. I'm just going to say I highly, highly recommend as opposed to 2020. Don't really recommend that one. <laughs> no, it is definitely a remarkable movie. One of my favorite of all time. I agree. Yes. And my daughter even loved it. And I think she watched it when she was 10. And she was able to follow it, so I don't think it should scare anybody. Another great work that came out, The Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I can't get no, right? I think everybody knows that one. I don't even know how to sing that one and subject you through that. (laughs) 
No, please do. Please do. I encourage you. I, I'll have you sing this next one. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze. Well, I thought that would have been inspired by drugs. I think there was a, a marijuana plant called uh, Purple Haze, wasn't it? Or was that a dream? Am I dreaming right now? No, I think you're right. I want to say there is a strain or a type of marijuana that's called Purple Haze. I don't think the marijuana came before the song, though. But apparently it was reported that Jimmy told an interviewer that it was based on a dream where he was walking under the sea. Already walking in the sea. That's already pretty BA, which stands for badass people. And he was enveloped with this purple haze around him, which kind of makes sense. Purple haze all around. That's a better interpretation of what that song was than the one that I had heard. So I'm going to replace my memory of it being drug related and then replace it with being a dream. Yeah, well, because he even told an interviewer. I mean, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, there, there you go. go. <laughs> Here's another great song, Beatles, Yesterday. I would not have guessed that one. I wouldn't have guessed that either. The interesting story behind this one was Paul McCartney went directly to his piano after waking up and that for months he kept asking people, are you sure you haven't heard this? Because he kept playing it. He was like super convinced that he might have either stole it from somebody unconsciously or it sounds like it was so together that he was like, no, 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 no. This had to have come from somewhere. But yeah, pretty interesting. I think more evidence that our dreams are influenced by the things that we're passionate about. Paul McCartney is one of our most prolific songwriters that we've ever had. So if he wasn't dreaming about songs, I don't know who else would be. Well, also uh, Jimi Hendrix. Oh, and Jimi Hendrix, come on. Yes, I totally agree. So while we're riding this Beatles train, let's take another pit stop. Let it be that song. Let it be, let it be. Unfortunately, Paul McCartney's mother had passed away when he was only 14. But the story goes that while they were on the verge of breaking up, Paul had a dream that Mary, his mom, was reassuring him with those words. Let it be. I thought that was really sweet. It is. And two Beatles songs that I would not have imagined were influenced by dreams. If you would have told me to guess, I would have guessed Yellow Submarine. That's pretty much an LSD trip. <laughs> and so is uh, I Am the Walrus. I Am the Walrus is so wacky. I totally would agree. I feel like maybe that might have been a waking dream slash hallucination. So I still think you're right there. <laughs> Apparently the next morning, that was when he started working on Let It Be on his piano. So going over to writers, Stephen King's Dreamcatcher. I haven't read it. Have you read this book? I have not. Okay. I know you like the horror genre, so I thought I would ask. But Stephen King apparently was in a car accident in 1999. He was just walking down a road in Maine, kind of minding his own business. Then he was hit by a minivan. And it resulted in one of his lungs being collapsed and then a leg completely shattered. While he was recovering, he had really vivid dreams. And that's actually how that plot came to him. In this particular case, I don't know if we can say that it was inspired by a dream. Wouldn't it be like inspired by a nightmare? Yeah. At least he's definitely been fodder for some of my own nightmares. <laughs> I hate to say it, which is probably like his end goal. So let's keep it real. Yeah. He's the master of horror. Oh, he really is. He's talented in a very sick way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the police also were inspired by a dream with the song every breath you take by the police yeah oh okay sorry that makes sense now yeah <laughs> <laughs> does it 
<laughs> no, originally when you said that the police were inspired by the song Every Breath You Take, I thought you meant the literal police. Oh. Like, I thought you were going to tell me that they had solved a crime or something. <laughs> You're like, holy, what? what? Yeah, never mind. Sorry. You're like, I want to hear the story behind this. Wait. <laughs> Who cares about the, the singing group or whatever? <laughs> the band. The song Every Breath You Take, uh, which is like an old, I think it's 80s is when it came out in the 80s, right? That sounds right. With Sting? Yes, exactly. So the story goes with this one is that Sting woke up in the middle of the night with that lyric, every breath you take, I'll be watching you. So he quickly went to the piano and he wrote the entire song in 30 minutes, which is pretty fast. Was it Dream About a Stalker? Because that song sounds very stalkerish, right? It is so stalkery. I also feel like this one didn't catch a lot of heat. But do you remember when was that? Maybe three years ago or four years ago now? When the Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, Baby, It's Cold Outside, and then the guy keeps trying to... Seduce the girl. Well, yeah, he's like convincing her, but he's he's very pushy. It's very like sexual assault-ish. It's like the anthem for sexual assaulters. <laughs> <laughs> and Every Breath You Take is the anthem for voyeurs. There you have it. <laughs> I think they were written during different times where people's minds might have been a little bit more pure than ours. I would agree with that, especially because when I remember hearing Every Breath You Take, it was like the upright bass and there's like these beautiful instruments and then it sounded sweet. And then I think later on is when we were like, oh, shoot, what is that? I don't know if I want you to watch me all the time. So those were just some of the very cool things that I found that were inspired by a dream. Salvador Dali also said that he was really inspired by a lot of his dreams, which, looking at his stuff, completely makes sense. All his paintings look like dreams. I know, I hate to say this, but his look is a little bit quirky. Like that really skinny mustache thing he's got going on. And Hey, leave his mustache alone. It looks dope. I love his mustache. I can't focus on anything, which is why I'm glad when I think of, <laughs> when I think of Salvador Dali, I think of his beautiful paintings. And his beautiful mustache. His mustache is so distracting. <laughs> I know somebody else had talked about how like when you have that handlebar mustache or that thing like that, you can only talk to me about circuses. You can only talk to me about that's <laughs> very, very limited stuff. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jose is twisting the edges of his <laughs> mustache. No, I look like Wyatt Earp or something when I do that. So <laughs> <laughs> The Mexican Wyatt Earp. El Wyatt Earp. <laughs> <laughs> so to end on a humorous note, I thought I would also share some funny true stories of people's reportings while they were on Ambien. Have you heard about this sleep aid? Yeah, I do the Ambien time travel every once in a while. Oh. Take a couple of Ambien, wake up eight hours in the future. I want to hear some stories. I'll share some stories with you that I found particularly amusing. There is a article that has 44 Ambien stories. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just only going to take like a couple. This guy was taking Ambien for about six months and would often wake up to like his kitchen, like in complete chaos. And he was like, what is happening? He said knives were out, cutting boards everywhere, skillets everywhere. It was like he was preparing a 12 course dinner or something. <laughs> and he didn't understand why this was happening. His girlfriend set up a video camera, and that was when he finally realized it was him waking up and causing this whole ruckus. He had zero recollection of it. 
Even on two occasions, he woke up to his car parked in his neighbor's driveway. So he must have driven. Wow, that's crazy. Did you drive anywhere? No, I was kidding about that. Oh. <laughs> I have heard a lot of those crazy stories, like people that they wake up and they ate like half a tub of butter or something while, <laughs> while they were asleep, or people that order hundreds of dollars worth of Amazon things and they don't even remember until when the package arrives. Yes. Okay. So that was going to be one of the stories I was going to share. My sister-in-law had shared with us that I think she was also on Ambien at the time. She, I think, has switched to Lunesta <laughs> since then. But she did say that that she kept getting packages and she was like, oh, okay, well, whatever, like Amazon, QVC, I guess, like all these stuff. And then at one point, she even thought she had fraud on her debit card. So she asked her bank to do further research on it. And then when they tracked down a couple of the purchases, it was tied back to her cell phone in the middle of the night. So it was her. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. <laughs> I'm sure uh, everybody had some pretty awesome Christmas gifts that year, though. <laughs> They're like, you get a Bowflex. What? <laughs> and then another story that I have to share because I thought it was pretty funny. One of my longtime friends since like the sixth grade, he took Ambien and he says he remembers waking up like, wait, I had like this coy, flirty text conversation with somebody. It was like, what? who was that? So he opened up his cell phone. And, you know, he was reading it back and it was like, hey, and they were like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, well, what are you doing? You know, and it was like, kind of like one of those things, you know, well, I asked you, I asked you, you know. And then when he, when he realized what happened, he was messaging himself. That's why everything was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why everything was identical. You don't remember any other stories? No, actually, before you got to the punchline of that one, I was going to say, uh, maybe I should start taking Ambien to help me with my self-esteem issues. But <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Then you're going to drive all kinds of places and no, no, no. It seems pretty dangerous. It does. Definitely does. Which I have no idea, even after all of these stories, why it's still on the market. Yeah, one of my uncles was taking, um, I want to say it was Chantex or something. It's one of those uh, medications to quit smoking. And he had to stop taking it because he would he would tell us that he would have crazy dreams. He never went into detail. I was hoping one day that he would go into detail on the dreams. But yeah, he would just tell us that he would have the craziest dreams. Back in one of my previous jobs, I used to mentor somebody in Georgia. And so every day she would uh, remote into my computer and I would kind of show her some things. And she also took Chantix to quit smoking. And every morning she would tell me like really wacky ass dreams people's faces appearing like you know bodiless and like she would get super scared and i think it goes back to that whole like the amygdala's really highly responsive and she was like it was the worst feeling and then but apparently chantix i think one of the one of the side effects is like suicidal thoughts or something i, I would rather just smoke <laughs> i'm wondering if maybe those were the kind of dreams that my uncle was having and maybe that's why he didn't share them yeah it's better off not knowing because yeah, I know if I had wacky dreams, much like you, I'd want to tell the whole world. And I was trying so hard to remember the one this morning because it was so interesting. I'm like, oh, that almost could have been a movie. And who knows? Probably playing it back. It was probably nothing. But I'll try to remember again. Oh, and lucid dreaming is a real thing, folks. The way they know that is they gathered around some people that claimed to be lucid dreamers. And they put them in an MRI machine. Again, this machine keeps coming up. And they said, squeeze your hand three times when you get in your dream. 
And while they were awake, they were squeezing their hand to kind of look at what those brain waves would look like. And then later on that night, when they were sleeping, boom, you could see where they were squeezing their hand because they knew that they were asleep. <laughs> that was really cool. So congratulations, lovelies. You've done it again. You've learned something brand new, hopefully while um, sharing some laughs with us. And who knows, this might make your next first date a little more fun. Or it might inspire you to take Chantex or Ambien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, but if you do, please let us know. <laughs> and just a quick reminder that sometime within the next week or so, we're going to be doing a Lucifer finale recap show for any of you fans out there. So if you're a fan, send us your thoughts, your reactions, whatever's on your mind to greetings, T-A-C, at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. Remember, this is just a bonus episode that you'll get in addition to the regular weekly show. So if you're not a fan of the show, you don't care about it, then you can go ahead and skip the extra podcast. But we do thank you for joining us again. And if you happen to like the show, remember to tell a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Um, you know the email address I just said. And share any and all thoughts with us. We absolutely welcome it. Cuckoo, could you? I am the walrus. <laughs> <laughs>